Hey, it's Alex Miller again with the On Stage Colorado podcast for late June, early July 2019. As we head into the 4th of July and the dog days of summer, there's not a ton of new shows opening in Colorado, but still plenty going on, so we'll get to the calendar in a moment. Later in this episode, I've got an interview with Jeff Jablonski with the Empire Lyric Players. This is a unique theater company based in the Denver area that does Gilbert and Sullivan Opera every year, and in July they're performing Patience at the Lakewood Cultural Center. This was a big week for Colorado Theater because the nominees for the annual Henry Awards came out. The winners will be announced at the Colorado Theater Guild's annual awards ceremony July 22nd at the Lone Tree Arts Center. And you can see the full list of nominees on the Onstage Colorado website. So this week I figured out how to add this podcast to Stitcher, so now you can subscribe there if you'd like, along with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. This is the only regular podcast about theater in Colorado, so if you like it, please subscribe and tell your friends. And if you have a suggestion for an upcoming interview with a Colorado theater person, please email us at info at onstagecolorado.com. Okay, let's take a quick swing around the state to see what shows are opening. In Aspen, the Summer Cabaret Series kicks off at uh, Theater Aspen. They have uh, a show on July 14th and then again on August 4th. Beautiful Decay is at the Aspen District Theater starting July 19th and running through August 24th. Little Shop of Horror is also playing at Theater Aspen. Opening night, July 12th, runs through August 17th. In Boulder, Cinderella and her Barely Godmother plays at Chautauqua starting July 6th and running through August 4th. And at the Colorado Shakespeare Festival at the Mary Rapon Theater on campus there, Romeo and Juliet starting July 7th and running through August 10th. Heading up to the mountains, uh, Conifer has the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, Stage Door Theater, July 12th, running through the 28th. And down south in Cripple Creek, the Butte Theater presents Grease, opening July 5th and running through August 17th. In the Denver area, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory rolls into the Denver Center at the Buell with a touring Broadway production, kicks off July 9th and runs through the 28th, and I'll have a review of that on the website. Gilbert and Sullivan's Patience at the Lakewood Cultural Center, July 12th uh, through the 14th. Just a few shows, and uh, we're going to be talking to Jeff Jablonski uh, with that uh, Empire Lyric Players here in a little bit. Emma plays at the Vintage Theater in Aurora, July 12th and running through August 18th. And at the Denver Center, it's Mixed Taste, uh, July 10th through August 21st. And this is a series of speaking events in collaboration with the Museum of Contemporary Art in Denver, where two speakers enlighten you on unrelated topics with no connections to each other. Sounds interesting. Another interesting thing is Woodlands and Wyverns, which is a uh, audacious theater production playing at Vision Comics and Oddities in Denver, July 12th through 27th. So this is some uh, like an interactive game kind of show involving orcs and elves and the like so if you like lord of the rings and dungeons and dragons it might be right up your alley in dylan the summer sunday cabaret which is uh, kind of part of their summer repertory season uh has its first show on july 14th also the 21st and 28th and august 1st the first uh, one of their cabarets is called my first job songs and stories of actors first gigs in the theater Back up the hill towards Evergreen, it's The Wedding Singer, Evergreen Players Center Stage, opens July 12th and runs through August 4th. And in Golden, Miner's Alley is going to do Fairfield, uh, opening July 12th and running through August 18th. Uh, It's a comedy about race where everything goes wrong. And next week on the podcast, we'll have an interview with Miner's Alley's artistic and executive director, Len Matteo. In Grand Lake, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Rocky Mountain Repertory Theater, just opened June 27th. It goes through August 23rd. 
another repertory, Little Theater of the Rockies up in Greeley, has First State. It opens June 27th and runs through July 13th. In Longmont, Jester's Dinner Theater opens Nonsense on July 12th, and that runs all the way through the end of September. In Manitou Springs, Prairie Treasure, or Are You Serious, is a classic melodrama at the Iron Springs Chateau. That opens July 6th and runs through October 12th. In Pueblo, Honk Jr., the musical, Steel City Theater Company, July 12th through 14th. And in Steamboat Springs, another melodrama, Blazing Guns at the Hot Springs Hotel at the Chief Theater, July 11th through August 1st. And then all the way back down south to Trinidad, Southern Colorado Repertory Theater has grounded opening July 5th through August 18th, and then the last five years opening July 12th and running through August 17th. Okay, let's do a couple of review previews. First up, my son Andy and I drove up to Breckenridge and saw the theater's production of The Taming of the Shrew. In my review, I called out the stellar cast, particularly Joey Folsom in the role of Petruchio and Paige Brantley as Kate or Katerina. It's the first time in 15 years or more that the backstage has done Shakespeare, but newish artistic director Nathan Autry, who also plays Lucentio in the show, figured it was time. Overall, it's a very strong production with a great cast, and it's well worth the trip to Breckenridge. Taming of the Shrew plays through July 7th, and you can read my review on the website. Our other new review on the site is for Beauty and the Beast at the BDT stage, Boulder's Dinner Theater. I had the opportunity to take my eldest daughter and her two girls to the show, and it's hard to overstate what a great production this is for kids and adults alike. I've seen a lot of shows at BDT stage over the years, and they're always impressive, but this production of Beauty and the Beast may top them all. Lily Buonacore, who played Ariel in the theater's production of The Little Mermaid last year, puts on her princess shoes again to play Belle, and she's fantastic. She's got a great cast of actors, singers, and dancers around here, plus a lavish set that includes a lot of really great sound and lighting effects that really transport you into the world of the show. There's plenty of time to see this one as it plays through early September. I highly recommend it, and you can read my full review on the website. Gilbert and Sullivan were a pair of Englishmen who wrote comic operas in the Victorian era between 1871 and 1896. Some of the most famous are The Pirates of Penzance and HMS Pinafore, but not a lot of theaters perform these shows any longer due to their complexity. But in Colorado, the Empire Lyric players are diehard Gilbert and Sullivan fans, and they've been putting up these shows for quite a few years. I had a chance to catch up with the company's vice president, Jeff Jablonski, recently, and here's the interview. Hey, I'm here with Jeff Jablonski with the Empire Lyric Players. Uh, this is a, a really interesting uh, theater company in Colorado that pretty much exclusively does Gilbert and Sullivan. That's correct. And um, and do you do other light opera as well? We haven't done any light opera by any uh, other composers. However, we have done, and we plan on doing this December, a, um, a show that is all the music of Arthur Sullivan um, set to um, some words by... By Gideon Wren, who is a Gilbert and Sullivan expert who fashioned all of these songs into a story based on Dickens's Christmas Carol. Oh, wow. So, yes, we do Gilbert and Sullivan exclusively, but um, in cer- certain cases, we'll, we'll, we'll do just Sullivan. Um, in one case, we did just Gilbert. Um, but generally, there's always that tie-in. Uh-huh. Um, so, for people who may not be familiar, can, can you tell us just a, a brief history of Gilbert and Sullivan, who are they? Sure. Uh, Gilbert and Sullivan are, to me and to many others, um, considered to be fathers of the modern musical. Uh, They wrote operettas. They wrote um, as a pair. There, it depends on how you count it, a dozen to 13 uh, operas together. And they were 
it, immensely popular during the time in 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 Britain in the 1880s, and um, they pioneered several techniques that are in use of modern musicals today um, most notably the patter song a lot of your listeners may know Gilbert and Sullivan's songs without even knowing it for example I am the very model of a modern major general I've information vegetable animal and mineral that type of fast patter song is something that was pioneered by Gilbert and Sullivan and is is found in lots of their operettas Right, and that song was uh, was resurrected recently by Randy Rainbow, the comedian that does the political satires. That's right. Oh, that, uh, the modern modern genius, uh, modern yes. stable genius. Yes, That's right. A, so, um, um, tell me a little bit about the Empire Lyric Plays. How long have they been around? Where did they come from? How did it start? And, and what's your role there? Sure. Um, this year will be our sixty first year. Last wow. last year was our. Um, they call it Diamond Jubilee. Um, so that was our 60th anniversary, and we did uh, HMS Pinafore that year. Um, and this year, we are doing Patience, and I am the director of Patience. And so I've bounced around in different roles through the group. And what's, that's kind of what's nice about this, this group is that it's all... Um, Volunteers, and so it's all members of the community that have come together out of love for you know the Gilbert and Sullivan and and the theater in general, and um, stepping up into the membership in the board is something that certain members of the the Empire Lyric Players do, um, and so I've been president, I've been vice president, I've been at large, I've just been in the in the shows, um, so I've kind of done everything here and there. I've produced a show, and this this year I'm going to be directing. So when any uh, when any person is in the Empire Lyric Players shows, they become an Empire Lyric Player, and are therefore able to vote in our board elections and help steer the group and really take ownership of the group. So that's what I think is really special about the group, and I think part of its longevity is the group really feels ownership. We have people that return year after year after year. We've had people uh, going on thirty years now that have just been in the show after show after show and just. Look at this as their second family. Right. And so um, you ran through a couple of different things that you've done. And so what is your like current title with the company? Currently, I'm directing Patience, and I'm the vice president of the Empire Lyric Players. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, uh, the Patience is not one of the um, more common um, of Gilbert and Sullivan shows. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, like, the plot? What's it, what's it about? Oh, the plot is so convoluted but fun. Um, and I, I struggle to describe it because uh, I want to get into all of the fun little bits, and I end up taking all the turns and really taking too much time to describe it. So uh, the short version is that it's about two poets who are rivals with with one another. Um, and the first poet is um, loved by all the maidens in the village, and those those maidens are enthralled by him to the exclusion of their former fiancés. So there used to be lovers of the, the dragoon guards are now cast out, and, the, and these ladies follow this poet and are very silly in how they have fallen so head over heels for this one poet. Along comes a more handsome poet, perhaps not more talented, but more handsome. And they switch. And now they're now now the po the first poet has gained a 
taste of his own medicine, so to speak. And uh, and it goes from there. So um, it's impossible to describe. <laughs> and it's really and and I um, I should have a better answer, um, but. The, the difficulty is is that it's actually several shows in one. So it's the show about those two poets and their rivalry. It's the show about the, the maidens who love those poets and their former fiancés, the dragoons. Will they, won't they get back together? And then, you know, underpinning all of that is it's patience is the name of a, a village milkmaid who is loved by that that original first poet. Okay. <laughs> and so, and then it's the story of her and her long long lost uh, childhood playfellow and and will they rekindle their relationship so there's lots of lots of balls in the air throughout the whole show and they they just are weaved so masterfully by Gilbert and and Sullivan in the musical uh, refrains that come through it, it's impossible to describe it in a sentence is it about poets Yes. Is it about, you know, an idyllic, you know, countryside milkmaid love story? Yes. Is it about military bluster and the the, the pitfalls of, of overconfidence? Yes. It's just so much all happening at once, and that's what's great about it. All right. That sounds great. So um, in terms of where Patience falls in the, uh, the canon of Gilbert and Sullivan, is it, is it an earlier one, a later one? It was um, right after HMS Pinafore is when it was written. Uh, so kind of right, right smack in the middle. And it was actually more popular than Pinafore in its day. Really? Yeah. So it was, um, I want to say, the second longest running theater production of all time at the time. And so when you say that it's not as popular any longer, you know, it's, it's a shame. It really it used to be, um, as I said, when it was first performed, extremely popular. And then also throughout, you know, the earlier revivals of Gilbert and Sullivan, part of kind of, you're going to do, you're going to do Pirates, you're going to do Pinafore, you're going to do Mikado, and you're going to do Patience. And, you know, so those would, you know, be like the big four. And now we more have the big three, which is your Pirates of Penzance, your um, HMS Pinafore, and your Mikado. Right. So um, I, I think I was telling you in the email that I was I was fortunate when I was growing up that uh, I grew up on Long Island and there's a there was a, a theater company in Manhattan called Light Opera of Manhattan that pretty much did exclusively Gilbert and Sullivan. And my grandmother used to take me in, so I, I had the advantage. I don't remember if I ever saw Patience, but I, I saw probably five or six uh, mm-hmm. over the course. And, and one of the things that that always struck me and I think of now is how complex these shows are: the costumes, the you know the the lyrics the music so uh, and I think that's part of the reason you don't see them done that often so how does Empire Lyric players do it? You know we benefit from the fact that we've been doing it for so long we have a music library that has all the shows uh, has you know not just scripts and scores for the chorus but also the orchestra scores which can be expensive to rent and things like that we have a, a library of costumes you know uh, you can kind of borrow uh, if Something Victorian will will fit in this show. It'll also fit in that show. So we're able to kind of reuse a lot of things there. We have, I, I hesitate to call it a library, but uh, a library of set pieces as well, you know. Um, 
so we, we really do, I think, make use of things that we've done in the past and also learnings of as far as production is concerned, you know, getting into the habit of producing a Gilbert and Sullivan show. Um, you kind of you get into the groove of it, you know, and we've got kind of, you know, certain milestones that, that we know that we have to hit at certain times and, you know, getting getting all of that going is really helpful to have all of that history, having those those members, like I said, that have been doing it for years and years and years. They help out knowing what to do. And uh, and really all that said and done, we have kind of all of these pieces, you know, that's that's just the production aspects of it. Um, you, you, then you need the, to add the actors, right? And as I said, we have some people that, that return, but I'm always amazed at, at, at how new people are finding us, and when they do, how wholeheartedly they dive into it. And they may not have ever done a Gilbert and Sullivan show, ever, and, and they fall in love. And what's even better is when they fall in love with Gilbert and Sullivan, and they fall in love with the group, and they come back next year, and now they're a regular. They're hooked. They're hooked. They're hooked. Exactly. So when you know when we're introducing ourselves, we'll say you know it's it's almost like a you know a confession. Where it's like, I you know, hi, I'm I'm Jeff, and I've been an Empire Lyric Player member for this many years, and and it's it's generally like yeah, and I'm I'm hooked for life. Yeah, it's they really are. They're they're kind of uh, infectiously uh, wonderful musicals and. And for those who aren't familiar, the thing that's interesting about Gilbert and Sullivan operettas or uh, light opera is that they are all in English, uh, so they're they're more accessible for some people. And I would I would even say kids kind of like them too, right? My daughter is uh, seven, and and that was my my barometer. I brought her into into the rehearsal, and she was telling me afterwards. Oh, it was that that part was really funny. I really liked that part, and and so there's there's some elements in there that that they can get. And it's interesting that you mentioned kid-friendly because that's one thing that I think has kept Gilbert and Sullivan alive up until now that I think we're losing a bit of, which is um, kids' performances. Kids used to do these shows in elementary school. Wow. You know, I've, I've had people come up to me you know, after, after a show and say, you know, I was yum-yum in fourth grade. <laughs> and and the, and they'll tell these stories about how not only did they go see it, but they were in it. And the the, the schools and the school the the school systems, I mean, they're they're royalty free, so they could be they could be done. And you can kind of um, simplify them a bit. And they're catchy and they're funny and they're as you say really accessible. And uh, and I think we're losing a bit of that. I, I haven't seen a fourth grade production of Mikado in a little while. <laughs> so, so uh, definitely kid friendly. My, there, I can say my my daughters enjoy it. At the same time, on the vein of let's say uh, Sesame Street or something like that, where where kids can enjoy it, but there's a lot in there for adults too. Right, right. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk just a little bit about um, this year's production and uh, when it's going to be and where it's going to be. Sure. Uh, the performance dates are July. 12th through the 14th, so one weekend only. And it's uh, evenings on the Friday and Saturday, so the 12th and the 13th, they're at 7 p.m. and 2 p.m. on the Sunday matinee, and it's at the Lakewood Cultural Center. And so we were there last year for HMS Pinafore and just really, really enjoyed the space. The audience also appreciated the 
I'm going to say luxury of the space. The, the seats, the sight space. lines yeah. are really good. Um, and the, you know, the, there's plenty of room in the pit. That's something that's a little bit unique to our group is that we need a pit. And so when we're shopping around, where should we produce these shows? Um, a lot of places are foreclosed to us because they don't have space for our orchestra. Um, you know, so, so we're really excited to be returning to the Lakewood Cultural Center um, and think, and think we're going to be able to make use of all of their bells and whistles that they offer us. Do you typically sell the shows out? We did last year, so we're hoping to do so again. And, and if we can, then that I think that's a big um, vote of confidence for the group and this space as, per, as potentially a new long-term home for us. So that's what we're really trying to figure out is, is uh, can we sustain this interest? Uh, we had the 60th, and we're, we're, we're trying to prove it again that, that the 61st is just as good. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm do all I can to promote it because I just think it's wonderful that you uh, that, that there's a production company doing that here in Colorado. And are you based in any particular area? Or so we have been serving the you know, the Denver area for the, those 61 years, and so Lakewood is. In my mind, tech, you know, it's all Denver, but right. uh, so, but but specifically, we've been in more of the downtown space um, for most of our our, his, our history, and you know, downtown's getting more expensive as far as um, space is concerned, and so we're just kind of thinking creatively about where we can where we can service people, meet them where they are. Um, we're we're actually kind of splitting uh, Lakewood, and then we're going to go out and, as I mentioned, we have the Gilbert and Sullivan Christmas. Carol, and that's going to be in Denver proper, and so we're, we're we're spacing it out. We're kind of trying to meet a lot of more a lot more people, new people that we otherwise wouldn't have met. So we're coming to meet people. We performed in Parker uh, a couple years ago for the Christmas Carol as well. So we like to take our show on the road here and then. All right. Well, Jeff Jablonski, uh, it was wonderful talking to you with the Empire Lyric Players, and best of luck to, to you on the production of Patience that's coming up at the Lakewood Cultural Center in July. And uh, I'm sure there's a website to go to. Yes, thank you very much. If you're interested in coming to see the show, uh, visit us at elps.org. That's Empire Lyric Players with an S, elps.org. Well, thanks again, Jeff. And uh, like I said, best of luck, and uh, we'll, we'll be out there to see it. All right. Thank you very much. Well, if that doesn't get you fired up to acquaint or reacquaint yourself with the works of Gilbert and Sullivan, I don't know what will. The theater has been posting photos from rehearsals, and the costumes look fantastic, so looking forward to that one. Okay, that's it for this week on Onstage Colorado. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and check out the website for more reviews and a full calendar of all the shows going on around Colorado. We'll see you at the theater.